Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm on the road again, uh, as Willie Nelson would say, and uh, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, one of my favorite places since that's where I came from and uh, spent a lot of my early years in the journey in Tulsa. And uh, so I love coming to see these guys. And uh, I'm here with uh, one of my favorite people in the world, one of my best friends, uh, Chris Hislop. And Chris was in the very first journey group that we did in Tulsa back in 2006. Uh, He's my example uh, that I always use, uh, the Andrew principle, in the sense that uh, Andrew found Jesus first, and then he went and grabbed his friend or his brother, Peter, and brought Peter to Jesus. And uh, so I didn't even know Chris when I was starting the first journey group in in Tulsa. And uh, I knew Chris Kaiser, who I went to high school with and who was great friends with Chris Hislop. And Chris Kaiser invited Chris Hislop to our first journey group. And... uh, and kind of how Peter went on to become one of the greatest leaders in the church. Chris Hislop has become one of the greatest leaders in Tulsa. So uh, it was a God thing all the way. So welcome, my brother, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, we love hanging out together. And I, I just wanted, uh, I thought about Chris. And, and of course, I want you guys to hear his story. Uh, as I, everyone I talk to, I'd love to hear their story of, of abiding in Christ and what it did for them going through the journey. Uh, but then with Chris, I was thinking about uh, just an example of what a man can do when he gets on fire for Christ and and starts living it out in his community. I want you guys to hear a little bit about what God's put on Chris's heart and what he's doing here in Tulsa. So, so Chris, why don't you uh, tell him first a little bit about what happened with you in the journey and, and your version of how you got involved in this and, and what it did for you, that first group. Um. It's actually kind of a funny story because I was uh, invited uh, into the group by Chris Kaiser. So you had gone around to find spiritual leaders in Tulsa <laughs> to put this group together. And Kaiser is definitely one of those. And many of the men in there were definite ministry leaders in Tulsa. And so I was kind of felt inadequate a little bit, but uh Kaiser invited me and he said, I need you to go with me because we're going to check this thing out. And uh, the exact words that he used, and I can quote him this, and Rocky even knows this, if this thing's cheesy, we're going to bail. <laughs> and, and I want to bail with somebody, not by myself. <laughs> so that is a true story. And so from that, uh, we had our first meeting in 2006. And you and Evans Rector led it, and we went on a journey together. And we were being guided by you guys, but you guys were on the journey with us. That's right. And God did something so powerful in that group of 15 men that it was undeniable. And the bonds and the friendships, the transparency, uh, it was amazing. And we started one of our first meetings off and I, and I love this because it was really true transparency, and it, it wasn't a man being a poser. Uh, Clark Millspaw, our dear friend, uh, he basically, one of our first meetings, started off and just told us all that he was pissed off at God. Mm-hmm. 
and we all kind of sat back a little bit and just kind of thought, wow. So just immediately right out of the shoot, uh, we're getting together and, and, uh, we would just had the, the spirit in the room and, and we were letting God got and directed by that. And, uh, from that we had our weekly assignments we met every two weeks and we became closer. And as we were getting into that season, uh, I started realizing about journaling and I love to write and you know that. And so in that season I was in, uh, my journals were two and three and four pages long and they became creative writing. And mm. so for me, the first experience in the journey was amazing. Plus I was learning how to do things that I'd never done in self feeding and spending time with him. And he, he was showing himself in, in his, in his Holy spirit. And I, and I began to know that my path was no longer coincidental and that he was leading and guiding and directing me. And I had brothers that were in my life and some of them were suffering in that group. And we were able to walk through life with them and do life together and pray together. And so that first group for me in 2006, because of the curriculum and the things that we discovered, when we went through some of the exercises, specifically the spiritual gift assessment, my life changed. that day. Mm. And uh, I knew that because of the spiritual gift set, I was an encourager. And uh, I had never known that in my identity in Christ. And I'd never known that that was a gift. And so I just thought I was a little bit awkward at times because I would want to leave people notes and send them texts and um, write them cards or send, you know, one page emails to them. And, uh, Honestly, the day that I took my spiritual gift set and I saw where my gifts were, was it was like an explosion happened in my heart. And uh, I finally found what I've been seeking for probably about 14 years because I wanted to know God's will for my life. And I wanted him to show me a giant billboard on the side of the road that said, this is what I want you to do. <laughs> And it wasn't until I took the spiritual gift set that I understood that it's more important for me to not be seeking out the giant billboard, but yet to be walking the way that God designed me and the way that he wired me. Mm. And so I really learned a ton from that. And then, of course, having uh, appointments with you guys you guys cared about me and meeting uh, aside outside of the group and you prayed for me and uh, there was just something really really special about that group of men uh, that we experienced together and the fact that it was the first group that had ever been in Tulsa Oklahoma was was really special as well and to this day many of those guys uh, are currently involved in my world in some way mm. Well, you know, uh, something that happened in that first group, and this is not in the curriculum. <laughs> well, it kind of is if in theory, but the Joe Pleasant experience, I want to bring that up because uh, there was a guy in our group, Bunker Sessions, who had a dear friend who was on his third liver transplant, I believe, and was dying. And Bunker asked us to pray for him. And God seemed to stir our hearts to do more than just pray for him. We wanted to go pray with him. 
and reach out to him and uh, tell talk a little bit about that and what happened there because I think that sparked a fruit of the journey, you know, of actually living it out. In you know, it's one thing. You know, Rocky always says experience trumps theory. You can have a theory about what abiding looks like and what living it out looks like, but we got to see it right in that first group. Yeah, certainly with having. Uh, Joe in our world and being sick and and uh, we realized pretty immediately that there were several of the guys in the group, uh, Greg McCann and you and I, and we had a heart to pray with people. I had no idea what I was doing, but I needed some guidance. And Greg, Greg McCann had sat with many people and prayed with them. You had done it as well. But <clears throat> I don't know that we'd ever really done it as a team effort with others. And so from that, it was interesting to see that we we actually had a passion to go be with people who were broken, who needed healing, who needed to seek God, who who were desperate for God, and also at the same time, we're learning about His healing power because the healing is about Him. It's through Him and only through Him. And so, going and meeting with these people, we understood that. Uh, we had a passion for this. And so we started doing it and we realized that largely the church wasn't doing it. Mm. The groups of their friends weren't doing it. And so we took it on and we were like, let's, let's go love on people at some of their lowest and most desperate moments. Mm. And as you know, those, those times when we would take an hour out of our day and we would go and we would pray James 5. We would talk to them. We would spend sometimes an hour, an hour and a half and just encourage them. And you know the look on their face when we walk in and when we leave, the look on their face is different. The countenance is different. The way they feel is different. The fact that we felt like we were sent by God to do these prayer missions, to do these things together in hospitals or in homes. And, and many times God showed up and sometimes he showed up physically with physical manifestations, but many, if not almost every time he showed up spiritually. Mm. And there were many times the spiritual conditions of individuals were in question and whatever happened in the, in, in the time that we met, God showed up. And his Holy Spirit was present. And I do know that those days were sometimes about the individual who needed healing. But many times it was family members who were in the room Mm -hmm. that were the ones that possibly were the ones being ministered to as well. So those times were very special. And we've we've talked a lot about healing. We've learned a lot about healing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the hardest um, lesson on healing is that in Joe's situation, unfortunately, uh, it's hard to say, but he did get his ultimate healing. Mm -hmm. And, And as long and as hard as we begged God to heal him on this planet, Uh, the choice was that that's not going to happen. And so you and I grew a lot in that too, and understanding uh, that he is the healer. He controls it. All we can do is just be vessels and go and try and bless people. Well, and you may or may not remember this, but uh, God put a verse in my heart the first time we met with Joe, and it was the story of King Hezekiah, who was told he was going to die. 
And he wept bitterly before the Lord. And the Lord came to Isaiah and said, hey, tell Hezekiah, I've heard his prayers and he's going to get 15 more years. And I remember sharing that with Joe. And again, we don't, this is all very mysterious. We don't understand it all. But what I learned is that healing is just an extension to life. You know, you know, nobody lives forever on this earth, you know, so it's always, there's always an expiration date. But anyway, Joe was only supposed to last about two more months. And, and we shared that with him. Well, he not only made it two months, but he made it a whole nother year and was able to go through the journey in that additional extension time. So I think God gave him some bonus time in my mind, you know, maybe as a result of our prayers, maybe just, I don't know. But uh, again, it's mysterious. We could do a whole podcast on yeah. two or three podcasts on healing and all that. But Well, the greatest part of that was, is that Joe got to go through my group uh-huh. that I, the first group that I led as a guide. And so Chris Kaiser and Tom Quinn and I, uh, and, and Bunker, it was amazing. And, uh, so yes, he did extend that. And so we got to walk together with another group who uh, showed a ton of love to Joe. And many of those guys were those guys that were at Joe's bedside in the hospital who would go sit with him, uh, for hours and, uh, be with him so that Stacy could get a break. And, those guys were amazing in what they did and how they lived it out. It was just a real blessing. Mm. Well, you know, another thing that kind of happened in maybe year two or three, but uh, one of our guys from the original group, Todd Kramer, uh, went through a lot of things in life, a lot of struggles for owning restaurants and had to close them down and all that. But then he became a teacher at a high school here in town. One of the one of the poorest high schools in town used to at one time in the in the day was an affluent high school, but now it's one of the poorer ones. And he became a high school and, and some of the journey guys rallied around him and started praying for the school and praying for he asked us to go and pray around the school and we would do that. And out of that uh, we figured out or found out that the teacher's lounge was nothing but like a being used as like a closet. They didn't even have a teacher's lounge for the teachers. So uh, let's just talk quickly about what happened there because that led to some other things later. But Yeah, so um, we came alongside Todd who uh, answered a call to God to uh, go into teaching, which didn't seem right, but mm-hmm. uh, he followed God's leadership and basically uh, was put in, in that school for a reason. And uh, there were ministries who came together, specifically Tulsa Men of Christ, which was your early ministry. And uh, we went into that school and we did an $80,000 makeover on the teacher's lounge, put God's word in there, put God's word under the ceiling tiles. And we totally renovated that teacher's lounge and made it a place where the teachers would want to be. And what was crazy is that the entire influencer ministry at that time, the men that had come through, gathered together and we put all of our resources together and we were asking guys and we spent a ton of time in there, day and night, uh, making that place a place that teachers would feel comfortable and very welcoming. And it took hundreds and hundreds of men and women to do that, to organize. And that has set, uh, uh, that has opened doors for us at Hill High School that wouldn't have been opened had we not come in there with that initial project. Mm-hmm. Well, and it just, it just kind of, the, the common theme over and over again, and I saw that and I saw uh, a tornado that almost devastated a whole city near Oklahoma City more, and uh, and a bunch of guys showed up. The common theme was it was always the journey guys. 
you know, the, something about these guys who go through the journey and understand this abiding in Christ and their giftedness, like you just described, um, their hearts are ready to serve. They're ready to be used. And so when there's a need, man, they go into action. And, uh, and as I think about influencers in the future and we have more and more regional cities, I keep thinking these are the guys that can make a difference in a whole city. And, and we've just only begun to see the scratch the surface on this, I think. And But Tulsa is an example of that, don't you think? I do think that. Um, part of what I do is, is helping and serving ministers around Tulsa. And I do know that time and time again, you will hear uh, my ministers, who are friends as well, talk about the difference between a regular man who's just going through the motions and coming and, and, and might be labeled a good Christian man versus a journeyman, an influencer. And so time and time again with these men, they realize these are the guys I'm going to call on. If I really need something, these are the guys I'm going to call on. And that's not a statement of arrogance or anything. It's just that we've been through the journey together and we went through the curriculum and we learned what it is uh, to self-feed and to abide and then to live it out in our world and make a difference. And that, that uh, I just can't say enough about that nine-month process we go through uh, with other brothers and walking through the curriculum and discovering who you are, how you're wired, and essentially discovering what you're supposed to be doing on this planet. It's very, very powerful. So, well, and and we're we're all supposed to go make disciples, and that looks differently. You know, one way to make disciples is to guide other people in the journey, but but another way to make disciples is just come alongside people in their real needs and all that. So, so a few years ago, Chris, you uh, you had a burden. You had something that was just really burdening you, and that was you wanted to have an avenue for people to help those in need, right? So, so you had an idea of of something that you called Sons of Encouragement. So tell everybody what happened there and what what's going on with that so um i was given the opportunity you guys uh, gave me the opportunity to go to malibu on one of the retreats and uh it was something that that profoundly changed my life and i was blessed and i was in malibu and um I'm normally not a big traveler. I don't get on planes, but you guys essentially made me go. And I'm very thankful. And I went out there and I had a pretty monumental spiritual experience walking through the 12 stations of the cross. Mm-hmm. And God started uh, freeing me from some things that were that were hindering me, unforgiveness and some other things. And I realized that he started downloading on me. Uh, who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. And it started there and uh, he didn't quite finish it on that trip. So we went back and uh, he wrapped it up and spoke to me very clearly the second year as to what he wanted done and what was, what, what needed to happen. And so as a result of coming through the journey, you guys gave me a special name, which I never forgot, which was Barnabas. Mm-hmm. Um, Barnabas means son of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is what I was supposed to do. That's why I'm on the planet. That's what I'm supposed to do daily is encourage people and come alongside them and lift them up in whatever form or fashion that that takes. And at the time, I didn't understand. And at the time, I was trying to do things 
on my own resources and out of my own world and um, and did it and did it to the best of my ability. But I realized it was bigger than that. So I've asked um, a group of men who share that same heart who have also come through the influencer ministry. And we just kind of started talking. And it's amazing what God has done because um, we pulled those men together and just had a passion to bless people. So um, the doors that were already open in hail were, were wide open for us to go through. And so we started off, our very first blessing was taking care of all the athletes that needed physicals. We gave them free physicals. Um, we've since then we've provided cleats and uniforms and uh, we've loved on the teachers. We've fed the teachers many times within the school. We've provided uh, uniforms and clothing for the kids there. Uh, we bring uh, leaders from the community into the school to speak often. We also have mentorships uh, there uh, where uh, OSU Tulsa is coming in and they have uh, med students in there that are tutoring these kids every week. Um, and it's been an amazing uh, door to walk through. We also send food into the school. Uh, there's a lot of kids in those schools that are homeless and that are couch surfing. And so we send uh, 100 uh, boxes of food each week into Hale High School to, so that that food can go home with those kids so they'll have food on the weekends. Mm. We also provide food for those kids uh, that are hungry during the day. So we have a, a place that the kids can go during the day whenever they're hungry and get food. So it's been a real blessing. And then outside of that, um, uh, outside of Hale High School, we also do a lot of things uh, where we bless people uh, that are in need. And it may be pay an electric bill. Uh, I remember there was an individual that was needing to get into public housing. They needed a $130 electric bill paid and no one would help them. So they came to us and, and we were able to get them into public housing. Um, and just many things uh, over the last months, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, people that have suffered from divorce. Uh, and, and sometimes in that you, you leave the divorce with nothing. And so we've been providing furniture for some of those families. We've been providing food for some of those families. Mm. Um, it's just one of those things where we can keep doing what we love to do, and that is encourage others. We love to encourage ministers. Sometimes ministers hit bump in the road uh, and, and uh, they struggle. So we may come alongside and, and uh, get them a gift card for gas or, or food or, or what have you. Um, we do a, a lot of uh, clothing, we give clothing out when we know there's a need. We give shoes out when we know there's a need. And one of the cool things is, is we partner with other ministries in Tulsa. So if it's a need that we can't be met, uh, that we can't meet, meet uh, we can funnel that individual to another ministry. Mm. And so we also funnel blessings that come through our ministry to other ministries. Like uh, we pick up uh, skids full of toilet paper and paper towels, and then we ask God, where does he want it to go? Mm. Uh, so that's that's been a real blessing. One of the biggest blessings that we do um, that is one of our favorite blessings is uh, when when uh, we're able to place a bed in someone's home. Um, one of our first placements of a bed was for a young lady who was going through a divorce and she had nothing. Um, and we placed that bed, and it was a huge blessing. Uh, 
because we we understood that that's God's daughter, and she now has a bed. Mm. What a bigger piece of encouragement for an individual than to get a bed, right? And then we did. Um, we've done several for people across Tulsa. Uh, I think we're at fifteen right now, and I have one left. <laughs> but uh, we also have done beds for those students at Hale that need them. And uh, going into those homes, when you go in and you see the condition uh, that they're living in, and and you see a little bitty uh, tarp that's laid down, and this is where this young lady was sleeping, and we were able to place a bed in there and. It's it's a huge, huge blessing that we get to do, that we love to do. And uh, so we've just kind of been operating uh, right now with uh, building a team of men. We have probably 50 men who all are part of a network. Mm-hmm. And uh, when there's a need, we come together and we try and meet it. Mm-hmm. We can't meet all the needs. And there's some needs that, needs that we uh, funnel away. But... Um, we want to do the best thing we can do uh, when God prompts us to act. And so he was very specific in Malibu. He told me very specifically, he, he told me that I want you to do something rather than nothing because most people do nothing. Mm. And so my effort is to always try and do something. And so that's that's kind of our heartbeat. We want to lift someone up. We want to show them that God loves and adores and dances over them and enjoys over them. Uh, and and we want to tie the gospel of his love to every blessing. Mm. And and without that, why do it, right? Yeah. So This may sound like a strange question, but um, so how does do all that, doing all that tie into your abiding relationship with Christ? What does that do for your abiding relationship with Christ? Does it enhance it? Does it, I mean, you know, those aren't, those aren't conflict in conflict, right? You know, it's not like, Oh, we spend all our quiet time with the Lord and just, uh, stay in the inner chamber. No, I mean, he dispatched him out of the inner chamber, right. To go do something. Right. So, right. So I think, uh, and this is interesting. You say this cause I read a, a devotional today, which spoke to that. It's like your personal spiritual health is what's most important. Right. Yes, sure. Before you go doing this other stuff, right? And so um, it's it's a place where uh, the journey uh, and the and the things that we've learned uh, help you get that time so that so that you can focus in on what he's speaking to you. So many times we're just do do doers, right? And you and I've been guilty of this so many times over the years where we're just go and we'll do without really seeking God and saying, Lord, is this what you want us to do? We would just do. Mm-hmm. What I'm finding now is that's not what it's about. You have to be in a place where you're spiritually healthy and you're seeking him and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm. Because continually in this faith world that we live in, people ask, 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 ask. They're always asking, whether it's your church or whatever organization you're in, they're asking people to do things. And uh, I'm just now learning this lesson, unfortunately, 10 years in. It's like you got to learn what to say no to. And now um, I'm in the word every day. I'm seeking him. Uh, I'm currently trying to read through the entire Bible by November 1st, and uh, I just finished Lamentations. Um, So my personal health, I realize my prayer life, seeking Him and being with Him, really trumps everything. Mm. Because I want to know that when He disperses us to go do ministry, that we're doing it the way He wants to do it and, and for who He wants to do it for. 
mm. um, because it's real easy to just go throw help at people. That's that's the easiest thing you can do. But uh, I I really want to listen to him. I want to listen to his guidance. I want to be exactly where he wants me when he wants me there. And that's more important. And then really, uh, you have to be so careful because your tanks that you fill up with him uh, if you're always doing, then you become empty and depleted mm. and you can't do that. And the only reason I'm saying this right now is because the last months I've spent were depleted months mm. and I shouldn't have let myself get there. And so every morning on my porch, reading, and praying to God every morning. Mm. And it's just like, Lord, I, I do want to be used. But what's most important is time with you. Well, you know, this all ties together, but uh, God always gives me John 15 over and over again. It's crazy from other other sources. And it's like he wants me to say this is this is it. This is the important thing. But in the middle part of the, the section in John 15, it says he says, abide in my love. And he says, if you obey my commandments, you will abide in my love. And then you're going, OK, well, what, what are the commandments? This is my command. Love each other. So it's, you know, it all ties together as we abide in his love, then we have something to give away. We have love to give away. If we, if we just try to run out and go love people without abiding, I think we will miss it. We'll get depleted, you know, but if it's in his love, then it never ends, right? It's, there's an energy that never ends. But anyway, you have a verse you want to read too? Well, I think that part of this is wrapped around uh, Matthew 25 and it's part of who we are. Matthew 25, verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. <laughs> Very, very powerful. We also operate, I uh, want to share one scripture, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Mm. And so that's really one of the biggest things um, in, in in this whole journey thing is that um, I'm so thankful for you and Evans and Rocky and the guys who helped show me who I'm supposed to be uh, and, and walking with God and knowing that I'm an encourager and that I'm sp somebody that's supposed to go love people. And to walk in that, I I'm a totally different person than 06. So the last 10 years of my life, I've spent loving people and making a difference. And it's in his power, not my power. And mm -hmm. so I, I love... Uh, doing life uh, and and doing it the and 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 fulfilling my purpose in a sense and finding my destiny of what I'm supposed to be doing it's been it's been the single biggest blessing uh, of the journey and now you guys let me guide groups I think I'm on my 12th group and now I get to see the same experience that I experienced in men over and over and over again when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of a man and changes his life and shows him who he's supposed to be that's one of my favorite things to do and see. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I, you know, Chris, I think 
the other day I had a vision of, of what you're doing here in Tulsa, maybe being replicated in some of our other influencer cities or other regions, because there's all these guys out there who want to be used. You know, we want them to keep making disciples and taking people through the journey, of course, because it sets people free. But on the back end of that, man, you can do so much more. And, and I love what you said. If God's prompting you to do something, do it. Don't, don't do nothing. Do something, mm-hmm. you know? So I got to believe there's somebody out there listening to that who's going, yeah, maybe I need to do something <laughs> where I live. I agree. And, and the harvest fields are ripe, right? I mean, they, you don't have to look far. <laughs> there's opportunities if you just open your eyes. Right? There's hurting people in need everywhere. Yeah. And I know our brothers out in Bakersfield, they, you know, they, they do this stuff all the time. And, uh, but, the, you know, the needs are everywhere, though. So, well, Chris, uh, thank you for the time. I think we're, we're about out of time, but uh, I hope this has inspired some of you out there. And uh, we just love telling the stories of, of what God is doing. This is God's ministry, and, and God's the one doing it all. The Holy Spirit is guiding us, and, and we love just kind of following along with Him and what He wants us to do. So so for all you out there, uh, we, hope, uh, we hope that you've been through the journey and let God do what he wants to do with you and transform your heart through the journey. And if, if you haven't get into a journey group, uh, if there's not one in a city near you, we'll help you get plugged in. Uh, we're even doing virtual journey groups now where we are doing it over the computer, believe it or not. So, uh, we're, uh, it's just amazing what God's doing. So, uh, check us out on the website, www.influencers.org. Uh, you can find these podcasts under the resource tab. You'll find podcasts and we've had several different interviews and a lot of great, uh, talks with Rocky and all that you might want to check out. So, we also have, uh, just want to mention this, we have our uh, some devotionals on the Bible app on your phone. So uh, it's really cool because we, uh, we do these little five-day reading plans with some devotionals that Rocky has written, and you can check those out on, on your Bible app on the phone. So all this is just uh, to glorify God and to help people uh, come into an intimate, abiding relationship with Christ. So anyway, this has been the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. And uh, until next time, I just keep encouraging you to uh, abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you all out there.